What's going on, everybody? Jordy Cannell here. Thank you so much for tuning in to this episode of The Bullpen Cart. We are back with podcasts. Took a couple weeks off. I explain it at the top of the show. If you're a returning listener, you know I normally talk about what I talked about here. And I did talk about the Phillies. I talked about Major League Baseball. I'm trying something new with a Phillies update. I talk about it more in the show. But I did want to spend a couple minutes here because I'm recording this Friday morning. Normally, a little inside the podcast, I record, then I edit later that night, recorded Thursday afternoon after work, before the Sixers game, before the NFL draft. The Sixers got it done. They beat the Raptors. It's pretty awesome. Go listen to the Gastroenteritis Blues, my wife's podcast. They're going to break it all down this weekend. They're taking on the heat, but it was just so awesome to see Joel Embiid have a dominant performance, stomp on Toronto's throats. James Harden looked good. Tyrese Maxey was incredible. They're moving on. And at the same time, right as the game was wrapping up, we get news that Howie Roseman actually was competent in the NFL draft. He picks Jordan Davis from Georgia, this absolute monster of a unit to go on the defensive line, add it into a defensive line that's getting a little older, but it's going to be really exciting. All the defensive players were on Twitter, super pumped to get him. And then he trades. First of all, he traded up to get Jordan Davis, which was you know just active moving. We saw it last year where they traded up to get, get their guy, get Devontae Smith. And they did it again with Jordan Davis, especially after Jamison Williams went literally the pick before to Detroit, which... You know, it, it would have been fun to potentially see him in Philly, but you know what? It um, It's okay that they didn't get him. It would have been crazy if they took another wide receiver again in the first round. Adding to the defense is humongous. This guy is humongous. But then there was another trade. The, the Eagles, I almost said the Phillies, go out and get A.J. Brown from the Titans. The Titans end up drafting a receiver with the pick who... They talked about it. It was like, oh, he's like A.J. Brown. That was his player comp. But A.J. Brown's coming to the Eagles. I know he can get banged up, but he has been underutilized in Tennessee. And now Jalen Hurts has weapons around him. We're going to see what Jalen Hurts really has for him of seeing two solid receivers, a superstar in Brown, seeing Devontae Smith in year two, seeing what he can take for a next step, seeing what Dallas Goddard does, a full year of just him. I know Zach Hurts was there. Last year for the, the start of it, Zach Ertz might have said Hurts there. Sounds similar. But, um, you know, Goddard was the more of the feature tight end there, and then Ertz got traded. But now it's a full season of just Goddard. We're going to see what he does in day two. As Matty D said in response, day two is where Super Bowl wins happen. It's the second day, second round, third round, and then four through seven happen on Saturday. We didn't do a draft preview. I should point that out. I didn't talk about it in the episode. Matt and his wife just had their first kid, so Matt's been super busy with that, understandably. It was also his first week back at work, so he was super busy. We didn't get a draft preview. Hopefully, we get a draft recap from him, at least from him, maybe from some other people out there, and you know, we'll go from there, but I do mention it. You're going to hear the, the intro and all that in a second of that we had a couple weeks off. That's why we did the baseball preview or the baseball uh, TV bracket on the Instagram, Thunderblog Sports there. Go follow. But now we're back with podcasts. We're going to do a hockey preview next week. It's going to be a lot of fun. This one, I talk about the Phillies. Then I go through the MLB. I did miss a couple things I didn't mention because I just tweeted it literally before I started recording of how John Cruck mentions that he wants to do a crossover with the, the Sixers staff of Kate and Allah, Kate Scott and Allah Abunabi. And Kate Scott and John Cruck both replied to it. Um, so if this happens, first of all, they said... Kate Scott goes, of course, John wants to. Our games end by the time they're in the fourth inning, which is just so funny. But then she goes, we're wondering if we could drink. And Kruk goes, we do. Go see it. It's on my Twitter, Jordo9. ThunderBLG is the Twitter for the Thunderblog. And, of course, make sure that you subscribe to the podcast, the bullpen cart, wherever you get your pods. Subscribe to it. Leave a review. We'll give you a shout-out. But enjoy the episode. Enjoy the weekend of baseball. Phillies, Mets. I didn't even talk about how the Mets are fighting everybody, which is nuts. My personal theory the last time they went to the World Series was 2015. They lost to the Royals. The Royals fought everybody that year at the start of the year. If you remember, they were the defending AL champions. People thought it was a fluke. And all of a sudden, every time Udaro, Udano Ventura, not the best pronunciation guy, would start, they'd fight everybody. So that might be what the Mets are doing. Maybe we see that out of the Phillies this weekend. Phillies, Mets, enjoy it. 
Enjoy the episode. Here we go. Welcome to this week's episode of the Bullpen Card Podcast, presented by Thunderblogsports.com. That is right, we are back with some baseball. It's been a minute since I did a podcast. If you do hear an echo, I apologize. It's because I'm in a new house. We moved a couple weeks ago. That's why we haven't had an episode come out in a few weeks. Hence, the baseball TV bracket, which was a huge success. Thank you to everybody who participated in that. But we are back. We are in the new house. We're all settled. I'm here to talk some baseball, mainly the Phillies. I want to try something. I'm going to put a heavy emphasis on try because it is going to be the summer. I'm going to be going to weddings, some golf. There's a bunch of different stuff that's going to be going on. But I want to try to implement a weekly-ish, maybe after a series. We're going to try for weekly, along with regular baseball content, but a weekly Phillies update because we do talk about it in the show sometimes, especially with the NHL playoffs about to start. You know, baseball sometimes gets a little mixed up in there, especially at the end of the summer when football's going on, all that kind of stuff. So I, I want to try to at least have some sort of content in there so I can talk about the Phillies and go through there and, and really just vent all my issues with the team. Although I'm recording this on Thursday, April 28th, the Phillies are on a four-game winning streak. They just swept the Colorado Rockies, a huge series win. The team is now back at 500. They are four games back of the New York Mets. Both teams have played 20 games. Both teams have scored the most runs in baseball, which is a little misleading. The Dodgers have scored five less runs than the Phillies and have played two less games. They could easily make that up with their lineup. But the Phillies have 500, 10 and 10 after a sweep of the Rockies. And it's been a hell of a first 20 games. <laughs> we had all sorts of stuff happening. Obviously, the big moment was Sunday night. The series finale, the rubber match between the Phillies and the Brewers, the Angel Hernandez, terrible game that apparently Major League Baseball had no problem with. According to Joe West, he said that Major League Baseball gave him a 96% grade, which we don't actually know what 96% means. If you missed this, Sunday Night Baseball on ESPN National TV, Angel Hernandez, who is one of the more notorious umpires in baseball, made a lot of bad calls behind the plate. He missed... A really, he called a lot of strikes that missed the plate, and it ended with Kyle Schwarber of the Phillies slamming his bat in the bottom of the ninth inning, getting immediately tossed as soon as he slammed his bat over a horrendous call. And it was, it, I think, the sixth at least terrible call. Umpire scorecards, a great follow on Twitter, gave him an 86%. Somehow, Major League Baseball has given him 96%. We don't know what that actually means. That was a big viral moment. There's a great John Boy breakdown. If you're not a huge baseball fan and you're tuning in, first of all, thank you. But go follow John Boy. He does breakdowns. The breakdown of this is a piece de resistance. Chef's kiss. John Boy is the best. I, he can explain it way better than I can. You get the whole visual medium as well. So go follow that. Go check that out. Twitter, Instagram, all that kind of stuff. Phillies at 10 and 10. Again, scored 96 runs. They have a plus 12 run differential which according to you know the expected wins and all that, it means they probably should be above 500 you know, in terms of expected wins and losses. Again, if you're, if you're not familiar with it, it's basically you take your, run, your runs for, your runs against, you do basically, it's called the Pythagorean Theorem of Baseball. It says how many wins you should have in as many games as you've played. Phillies having a positive run differential and finishing at 500 means that they're technically, quote, unlucky because they haven't won more than half of their games even though they're sitting at 500. But let's dive into it. The Phils have been up and down offensively. They're coming off one of their best series so far in the season. They've scored seven runs in each of the four games against the Rockies. They had a very interesting series against Milwaukee where just kind of up and down. And, you know, before that, it was looking bleak where they... You know, weren't winning games that were blowing some leads, the bullpen and all of its issues that I've talked about a ton hadn't looked very good. And now they've been working with giant leads and have looked really good. They've gotten themselves out of jams. But I do want to start with today's win because Zach Wheeler, second place last year in Cy Young voting, comes out, throws six innings, seven strikeouts, 
and looked really good. He threw nine pitches in the first inning. I think he was at like, or he did get above 20 after the second inning. I think I was about to say it was like somewhere in the teens. But he did get to 20 because he, the last batter of the inning, he had a bunch of foul balls and I think a couple missed, missed appearances there. But when he got himself into any sort of trouble, he had a runner at 30, had a leadoff triple, ends up getting ground balls, had a really smart play where he had one ground right back to him, looked the runner back, got it out. He eventually let up another runner, I believe, through a walk and got a ground out for a double play and just looked really good. It looked like he found the confidence. He didn't start a single game in spring training, a spring training game. He threw some bullpen sessions. He threw some simulated games. So his first couple starts weren't so good. And, you know, we weren't sure what happened. He lost some speed on his fastball. And he said to the media, he's just got to figure it out. And it looks like he has. And it looks like he's, you know, he's a very talented pitcher, obviously. You don't get second in Cy Young voting. You don't have the giant contract he has, both with his time in the Phillies. And then when he was at the Mets, he was obviously really good there. And that's how he got the giant contract. But he's done really good job of really at least this game settling in and looking good Aaron Nola has had his struggles he looked really good on Sunday night Philly's offense just really cold and we've had some games where they've gotten shut out or they've only managed to get one run across the board and so far the team has really at least these past four games and it's the Rockies you can say what you will about them and and everything there although they they started the season off really well they still have a better record than the Phillies even after the four game sweep you know, they are starting to get it together and they're getting hits, although today they only had, a, I think, four hits and they had one inning where they had 10, bat- 10 batters come to the plate. They scored four runs, but only on one hit. A lot of walks, a couple hit batsmen that scored runs, uh, a lot of errors from the Rockies throughout this whole series, which the Phillies took advantage of. You know, there's a lot of jokes that can be made. I love to make the jokes about how the Phillies love to leave runners in scoring position. They don't hit well and two outs with runners on base. They started to this series, and they're going up to New York this weekend to play the Mets. It's going to be really interesting. The Mets took two out of three in Philly right in the first full week of the season. The Phillies' only win was a comeback in the eighth inning where they won 5-4. And, you know, the other two games, they really didn't look very good. They scored six runs in the final game, but they let up nine. You know, it's been a really, really strange start to the season. It was very slow, and now it seems like they're picking up speed. But this weekend's going to be a really good test, and I'm really excited to see it and see what's going on there. You know, Nick Castellanos, he has been awesome for the Phillies. He's batting 329. It's really fun. I don't think actually this is the Yahoo has them at 10 and 10, but I don't know if they have their game stats because I'm not sure. But at least possibly through Wednesday, possibly through Thursday. Batting 329. Yeah, they don't yeah, they don't have today's stats because Roman Quinn had a hit and they still have him for, as over one for the for the year. He's looked really good. Garrett Stubbs, the backup catcher, technically leading the team in batting average, although he's only played in five games since ten at bats. Odubel Herrera is back, which eh. For those that don't know, just Google it. A couple years ago, whole thing with his girlfriend and apparently choking her and all this terrible stuff. Uh he's back with the team and he was hurt to start the year. He's looked good, but yeah, we don't like him. Didi, technically, with a, if you want to call it qualified for the batting title of the team at 314. But I want to talk about Alec Bohm. Alec Bohm in that Mets series, three errors in the first three innings of the Mets series where they ended up coming back in that first game. Has the I fucking hate this place mouthing. He owned up to it. He ends up getting a standing ovation the next night. And he has done nothing at the plate but look great. He's had some clutch hits. He had a home run today, second of the season. He's at 12 RBIs, and now he is the team leader with a couple more today to sack fly and another home run. And he's just looked really good, and he's actually looked really good in the field too. So that's been exciting to see. Bryce Harper had kind of a slower start to the year, but is picking it up. He's batting 274. He had another hit today. Um, The one that I think is really interesting to talk about is Kyle Schwarber. A lot of people, you know, critical of him he's not starting the season really well he has four homers on the team or on the year he leads the team in home runs but is batting 164 on base percentage below 300 you know, really not that solid there in OPS in the 600s which you know for a guy that you're expecting to hit a lot of doubles a lot of home runs he only has three doubles no triples four homers 
has been up and down the batting lineup, started at the leadoff spot, ends up getting moved down in the lineup, and you know he's been up and down. And it's been really interesting to see. And apparently his career numbers in April, he's like a 210 hitter in April. So you know, he only has two, two more games, Friday and Saturday in New York, before the month ends. So I don't think he's going to reach his career high there unless... I don't even think if he went four for four in both games, he'd hit that. Maybe staple baseball. So, you know, the, not a lot in the denominator, in other words. But, you know, I think we saw last year of his monster, I believe it was June. I think he had like 11 or 12 home runs. He's poss- he's, he has the possibility and the potential to do that sort of thing. So it's nothing really to panic about yet, especially when the rest of the team around him, you know, Alec Bohm. I didn't even talk about Johan Camargo, who's been awesome in the field playing all sorts of positions he's played third he's played short he's played second and he's been great great at the dish and he's looked really good there it's been a lot of fun to watch him he's a guy I've always liked watching if not only for his name Johan Camargo what a great name but he's been fun to watch behind the dish as well he um you know bats lower in the lineup so not a ton of runs scored but he produces he had the three-run homer and their only win against the Rockies last week in Denver and he, I think he went four for four in that game, and he looks really good. But the team has been really fun to talk about, or at least recently. <laughs> I keep coming back to that because they did start really terrible. And going into Monday night's game, it was their worst start through 16 games since the 2015 season when they finished dead last, which is you know not good. And it's crazy to see that they rattle off four wins. They score seven runs in all four of those games. And that's awesome especially after a really bad Sunday night game where they just couldn't catch a break obviously the Angel Hernandez stuff but you you waste a really good Aaron Nola start and I guess that brings me over to the pitching which through now almost or through four turns of the rotation let's put it that way you have Wheeler who finally had a really good start he you know ZRA going into the game was 8.5 which is not good but he looked really good today, and, and it looks like he's starting to settle in. You've had Zach Eflin be really good at times. At other times, he certainly has had his inconsistency problems. Aaron Nola really, hopefully, finding that groove that we've been hoping him to find for a couple of years now. And, you know, Kyle Gibson's been what he is. Ranger Suarez, a lot of people were hoping he was going to be really, really exciting. He's 2-0, which is Actually, kind of crazy to think it it's, speaks to sort of the the terribleness of the Phillies bullpen and some of their losses. But seeing the staff, Kyle Gibson's two and one, Eflin's one and one, Nola's one and two, Suarez is two and zero, oh, and now Wheeler is one and three. A lot of games where they dig themselves into these early holes, and and maybe part of that is the fact that spring training was short. I know Greg and I talked about that in our first division preview of you know what what was going to happen with. Not a lot of time for pitchers to get a warm-up or guys going to get hurt. The fact that we're getting more and more usage out of these guys, we're starting to see them get into higher amounts of innings. Wheeler's now over 18 innings and four starts. He's starting to pitch deeper and deeper. I think he threw like 99 pitches in, in six innings, which he had like a 33 run or 33 run. Whoa, 33 pitch fifth inning, but he got himself out of trouble. And if we start to see that, if you see the guy at the top, really performing well. Maybe that'll trickle down through the rest of the rotation. I still have the love-hate relationship with the entire staff. We've seen guys who have looked really good. Brad Hand has been excellent, although he made a very dodo error today trying to flip a ball to first base, ends up getting by Reese, and the guy got to second, but he got out of the inning. He had some clutch pitches. We've seen Sir Anthony Dominguez come back. He has come into this sort of I don't want to call him middle relief because he's not pitching. Sometimes he's pitching multiple innings, but he's usually coming in right as the starters getting pulled in the fifth or sixth inning and is setting that up. It happened the other night on Monday when Eflin had a really good start, a really good showing. And then Sir Anthony came in to close the door, at least on that inning. And then they bring in other guys, Nick Nelson, who had the Nick Nelson game against the Mets where they came back when they're down for nothing. You know, we've had, Different guys look pretty good, but at other times, situationally, it's been tough to see. We've seen blown leads. We've seen some. We've seen one blown save. So not on track yet to break the franchise record, but we'll have to see what continues to go on for this team because it is going to be really interesting. The bullpen is going to need to continue to step up. 
especially if the starters are going to con- continue to have these you know, games where they get themselves into holes. You, you, you've seen the bullpen be clutch at times, and we've also seen them certainly not be clutch, and that's been a through line of so many different Philly seasons. So it's going to be really fun, and, and I'm excited to see what happens. They have three really big tests. I mentioned the series in New York. They're in it for four days. Uh, Friday, I was about to say tomorrow, but you're listening to this on Friday. Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday. Then they travel out to Seattle. They have a day game on Monday in New York. Then they travel to Seattle. They travel to L.A. They're playing two very, very solid teams in the West, one in the AL, one in the NL, obviously. And, you know, they'll they'll return to the ballpark at some point, and we'll have to see what the month of May brings for them because it's going to be really interesting. They play the Rangers. They play the Mets again three Mets series in the first four weeks, then a fifth one or a fourth one in the, you know, the end of May. So it's going to be fun. They play the the Dodgers twice. They play the Padres in there somewhere where the Padres, when they came to Philly, lost two or three. When the Phillies went there, they lost two or three or no, it was the reverse. The Padres won two or three in Philly and the Phillies took two or three in San Diego last year. Then they finally played the Braves in the second to last or the last full week really of May. So it's going to be that, they have some serious tests coming in. The Braves obviously just got Ronald Cunha back. We'll see how that goes tonight. They're playing the Cubs. And, you know, the the Phils are going to be fun. They're going to battle. And at least if today in this series were a good showing, they're going to be competitive. They're going to be right in the mix there. Looking at the division, the Mets are 14-6. and six. The Marlins are 10-8. and eight. The Phillies are 10-10. and 10. The Braves are 8-11. and 11. Wouldn't expect the Braves to continue in that route of staying below 500. Obviously, last year we saw what happened in the division, where teams were teams were under 500 in it for a very long time. The Braves were in third forever. The Mets were in first for a while. The Phillies floated around in there between second and third, got the division lead for like three days, and then the Braves just took over. And the Braves had a slow start. Nationals at six and 15, they're not looking very good. But who knows? I mean, the Nationals a couple of years ago. Really didn't look good to start the 2019 season and won the World Series. I don't think that's going to happen with them. Could happen with the Braves. I'm not going to give any predictions on the Phillies. But (laughs) I do want to talk about the rest of Major League Baseball. I don't know how long this episode's going to go, but I do want to talk about it because, again, I haven't done a regular season show yet. So I do just want to touch upon the rest of baseball. And we'll stay in the division. The Mets at 14-6 and obviously had a ton of high hopes. I said in the NL East division preview that if Jacob deGrom didn't get hurt and I thought the Scherzer injury was more severe than it was, that I thought they were going to win the division. And they've looked really good so far to start this season. They, as I mentioned, are right there with the Phillies in terms of runs scored. They are hitting the ball really well. They're mashing it really well. Francisco Lindor is continuing what he did last year towards the end of the year, starting the season at 273, four homers leading the team. Pete Alonso leading the team in ribbies. Batting 263 homer, 16 RBIs, RBI, not even RBIs. And then we've seen the pitching staff be really good, even without Jacob deGrom. And Scherzer's been unbelievable, as to be expected from Max Scherzer. Chris Bassett, who they picked up, has been really good. T- Tyler McGill, I almost called him Taylor, because of how his name is spelled, has been really good for him. And then Carrasco, who was hurt for a lot of last year, a little bit of a slower start, I would say. 4.09 ERA. It's been up and down for him. They're trying to figure out their fifth starter until DeGrom comes back. It's you know The Mets are going to be really good, and I thought that coming into the season. They've had some issues with Mark Canna getting COVID, so he's been in and out of the lineup a little bit, but he still played 14 games of their 20, so he didn't miss that much time, and, and he's playing pretty well. It's a solid pickup for him or for them, and you know, again, I, I just think the Mets, they're going to be really good. I still feel pretty confident now, especially with how the Mets have started. The Braves are going to win the division. Mets second, Phillies third. Hopefully they all make the playoffs. I'm saying that because I have the Phillies third. But the Mets have been really fun. I shouldn't say that because I don't really enjoy watching the Mets, but or because I don't like them. But they've been, from the objective point of view, they've been fun to watch, and they've been one of the best teams in the league. Let's look over to the Central quick, the Brewers. We all just saw in Philly last weekend. They are 13 and 7 leading the way. The Cardinals at 10 and 7 and second. They're the only two teams above 500. Pretty obvious stuff there. The Brewers have been really good with their pitching staff. The Cardinals have been even better. 
and they have some guys on the shelf there. Jack Flaherty's been hurt, and you know both teams. It feels like it's going to be a just that two dog race. I know the Cubs are only four games back; they're eight and ten. The Pirates have been ice cold. They had started the season off really well and have kind of fallen into what we thought the Pirates might be at the start of the season. If you recall the Jared Barnes NL Central preview where he talked about it being a Pirates fan and the Reds. Poor Reds. They have all the stuff with their owner talking about people don't show up. We're going to move them and, and all this terrible, terrible comments, but just really not good baseball. And they're three and six to start the year. Obviously, you don't think that they'd finish the season at a 158 win percentage rate. That would be probably record levels. I don't, I don't have the calculation in front of me on what that's on pace for. They'll probably go on a little run here or there, but they, yeah, they're, they're really not that fun. They, they played a really fun game against the Padres this afternoon where they ended up losing 7-5. Padres end up winning that final game in the series. At least I think it's the final game. But, you know, it, it, I don't know. They're, they're just not a lot of hope there. Their pitching hasn't looked very good. Their offense has been 59 runs in 19 games. Just, ugh. But, yeah, again, I think the, the Brewers and the Cardinals right at the top it looks like that's what's going to be the, the dog race from what we thought, and it looks like that's what we're getting right now. Cubs might be exciting. Shea Suzuki has been really, really fun to watch. He's been absolutely awesome to start the year. I think, though, the crazy thing about the Brewers at 13-7, and seven, and, and this might just be what they need to do in the division that they have, they're almost in last. Their team batting average is 207. They're right in the middle of the pack with runs scored. Then their pitching staff, which was so good last year, has been, you know, it's been good, but still hasn't found that level that we came to know them from last year. Corbin Burns, through a few starts, has been excellent. Eric Lauer's been really good. But then the rest of their start, Brandon Woodruff, who had a really good year last year, 2-1 and one through four games, 5.3 ERA. Freddie Peralta, who had been pretty solid for them, ERA over seven through three starts. Adrian Hauser's right in there with a 3.5 ERA. So, you know, if they settle in, maybe this becomes a one-dog race, but we'll have to see what goes on with them. They obviously have done some really, really exciting stuff. They've just taken down, or they've just taken down the Pirates, and, you know, you're playing the Pirates there. You have some really, really good games. And now they play the Cubs, they play the Reds, then they play the Braves, then the Reds again, then the Marlins. So we might see see a lot of wins coming out of them. That Braves series in Atlanta is going to be really crucial. We'll see, you know, potentially a playoff matchup there and see two teams kind of in different spots. The Brewers with a you know a little bit of a lighter load in terms of who they're playing. And the Braves starting a little slow, but maybe finding themselves now with Acuna back there. I didn't even, I did mention that before. I didn't talk about the Braves a ton when I was talking about the NL East. So, you know, I don't I really don't want to discredit the Cardinals, but just they've been, I don't know, their their pitching's been really good. Their offense has been okay, kind of like with the Brewers. They've scored 72 runs in, in 17 games, so a little bit better of a runs per game clip and really good pitching. But it's been up and down for him. So the Cardinals should stay stay right in that mix, but let's keep moving. Let's talk about the NL West. The Giants right back up to where they were last year. They sit in the division lead by a half a game because they have one more win than the Dodgers. And I would love, I would love, love, love if it's Giants-Dodgers. The Padres are right there. Padres also a game and a half or a, a half a game back. The 13-7, and seven, they played the most games. But the Giants, the Giants have been absolutely electric to watch. Their pitching has been incredible. Their offense has been off the charts. Good. 95. No, I'm looking. I just reloaded the page. That was the Angels in 95 runs. 91 runs for the San Francisco Giants, which is just great to see because last year we talked so much about their pitching and how their offense was, was good. Obviously, they won the division and they made the playoffs. But their pitching staff has come back even better than what they were last year. They are getting outs. They are getting runs when they need to. They're fourth in the league in homers. They're 10th or they're first in the, they let up 10 home runs, which is first in the league. Wow, I really can't speak today. But um, 
they've just been really fun to watch. And I think the the crazy thing, too, is the Dodgers, with that lineup, have had some hiccups here and there. I don't want to really discredit them because they're 12-6, and six, but they've, you know, the fact that we thought that it was going to be the Dodgers to run away with this, and the Giants are right there, it's been really, really exciting to see how the season has started, and the Giants have just taken advantage of what are they, what they needed to do. And that's including, including losing three of four in New York to the Mets, which, again, the Mets have been really good. They've been really fun to watch. But they're taking care of these games and teams when they absolutely need to. They win two of three against the Marlins. They win two of three against the, against the, the Padres. They take all three games in Cleveland against the Guardians. Mentioned the... the Series lost. They lost three of four in New York, but then they sweep the Washington Nationals. They had a one game, one game in Milwaukee. That must be a lockout rescheduling of just of that sort of thing. Then they just split a series, a two game set with the Oakland Athletics, their cross bay rivals. Now the Nationals come to town again. That'll be very interesting to see what goes on there. Let's look at the Giants. Uh, we were looking at the Giants. Let's look at the Dodgers. And the Dodgers pitching staff has been everything that we have thought they were going to be. Their offense is very good. 90 runs scored again in 17 games, which they can certainly make up in terms of averages against any other team in baseball. But their pitching staff, let's talk about it. Tony Goslin has been absolutely electric. Andrew Haney, Haney. Haney, I'm going to guess, H-E-A-N-E-Y. I'm going to say it's Haney. No earned runs in 10 innings and two starts. He has one run allowed. It's unearned. But the rest of their staff, Julio Urias has looked fantastic. Walker Bueller doing Walker Bueller things. 21 Ks in 24 innings. And then Kershaw. We weren't sure what we were getting out of Clayton Kershaw this year because of the injury issues we've had. We've seen out of him the last couple of years. A whip of .59, opponent's batting average of 167, 23 Ks in 17 innings. Obviously, the big one was that he got pulled during a perfect game, which everybody was blasting, blasting, blasting Dave Roberts for. But you know what? It's early in the season. He's had injury issues. He understood it, and the team has just continued to roll. I guess the only knock on the Dodgers and why I said they've stumbled, they lost two or three in Arizona, Diamondbacks. You know, not a lot expected out of them. They're 8-11 to start the year. Good for them. But just really not good. The Padres, though, let's talk about them for a minute. They are 13-7. and They've played the most games in the division. They're tied with the Giants for wins, but they're game back in the loss column. They've been really fun to watch runs scored-wise. 91 runs scored in 20 games. Pitching has been okay. I'm going to say okay, because they're 14th in Major League Baseball with a 3.5 ERA for the entire staff. They've had some moments of brilliance. They've had some slip-ups. Their bullpen has been so-so, let's put it that way. But their starters, their starters have been really good. Joe Musgrove, doing Joe Musgrove things, 2.16 ERA, whip under one. Sean Manaya, who they traded for in the middle of Spring training, I don't even think this had happened by the time we talked about it and did the the NL West preview. Got traded the same day that his, that his whole team was playing his new team. The A's traded him to the to the Padres, and he started against the, the A's with his A's glove still on, which is pretty funny to see. Hugh Darvish has struggled out of the gate. Part of, again, the reason why I said that they've been just okay. Mackenzie Gore, though, in three starts, a 1.7 ERA, only three earned runs allowed in 15 innings, which is just awesome. You know, you can say it's 15 innings. That's, you know, just above five innings a game. You know, he's only reached the sixth inning maybe once, maybe twice. But it's still really good. And if they can keep this up, they still get other guys off of the injured list. And this is a team that struggled with health, obviously. They don't currently have Fernando Tatis, but they haven't needed him so far. Eric Hosmer is batting over 400 right now in 17 games. 
My guy, Yerickson Profar, has been great. Five homers, 15 ribbies leading the team. 228 batting average. We don't need to talk about that. But a slugging percentage of 561. All the guy does is hit bombs. Four doubles as well, getting up there. Manny Machado has been absolutely electric for them. This is what we thought their offense could be, and they don't have Fernando Tatis Jr. in their lineup right now. It's been really cool to see this team get runs from other guys that aren't just Tatis or Machado. Jake Cronenworth also batting right around the Mendoza line, but 10 ribbies. Hosmer, I mentioned, batting over 400, 10 ribbies there. So they're getting clutch hitting when they need it. If it is that top heavy, you have to wonder against pitching staffs like San Francisco and L.A., how is that going to hold up? But we will see. Again, they play the Giants. They played the Giants earlier and lost uh, two or three of those. And then they, you know, they get to play some subpar competition. They go to Pittsburgh. They were just in Cincinnati and swept them. Now they go to Pittsburgh for the weekend. We'll see what happens there. Then they go to Cleveland to play the Guardians for just a two-game set. But we'll see what happens with that. Then they play the Marlins at home. So they could be coming into a series to these AL West series or NL West series and, you know, looking pretty solid. But I mentioned the AL West. Let's continue moving there. The AL West has been very, very, very interesting to watch. The Angels leading the division right now on a four-game winning streak. They're currently winning again against the Guardians. So they might go to 13-7 and by the time that you... you're listening to this. They might be 10 and, or 12 and 8 if they blow that lead. Seattle's right there too. Seattle kind of taking that step that we saw them take a year ago as they got close. They almost had the game 163 to make the playoffs. They've been everything is advertised, but let's talk about the Angels first. The Angels have been so great. They've been so much fun to watch. Mike Trout who you know people certain co-hosts of this podcast very critical of them. Very critical. Mike Trout though has been great, even after getting hit in the hand. And we thought, uh-oh, here we go again. Mike Trout getting hurt. Mike Trout's batting 365. He's batting 365, five homers, 10 RBI. And he'll be watching the Eagles draft tonight because he is an Eagles fan. That's not just why I love Mike Trout. He is one of the best, if not the best, players in Major League Baseball. And he does, when he's healthy and in the lineup, the guy gets it done, and it's been so much fun to watch. One of the funnier things that he did had to be when his team intentionally walked somebody with the bases loaded, and they had the camera on him, and he realized it and shook his head. But he still, you know, he he does everything. He's a great outfielder. He's a great hitter. Obviously, batting 365 is incredible. Taylor Ward, who's on that team, is batting higher than he is, but has only played in less games. He's He's batting 395. Matt Duffy has been great for them. We'll see if he stays up there. Tyler Wade has been really good for him. He's been a, you know, just solid average guy, gets on base, you know, and, and gets the job done. He score, he's scored some runs for him. Then there's Shohei. Your MVP. That's it, you, Greg. Your MVP from last year, Shohei Otani, who may not have an incredible batting average right now, batting 238. Has scored 14 runs, three homers, 10 ribbies, and we got to talk about his pitching. We have to talk about it on the other side. Four starts, a 4.1 ERA, so okay there. 30 strikeouts in 19 innings. Are you kidding me? Are you actually kidding me? That's incredible. The guy has three homers, 10 ribbies, and 30 strikeouts that he has thrown. Not 30 strikeouts Joey Votto style. I don't know if Joey Votto struck out 30 times. That'd, that'd be a lot at the start of the season. Most guys only have like 50-something at-bats. That'd be a lot of strikeouts. But Joey Votto strikes out a lot. I could say it about Bryce Harper. He strikes out a lot. Had the hat trick the other night. Unfortunate to see, but it happens. Bryce Harper strikes out a lot. But I'm getting off the point. Joey Otani, just awesome. Now the question is, do the Angels start or continue to go this way? They could Complete the four-game sweep of the Cleveland Guardians. I almost screwed up there. I didn't. I didn't. But they've been so much fun to watch, and their offense has just been absolutely electric. And again, they have 
Otani, Joe Adele at three home runs, Taylor Ward at four, Mike Trout at five. They have a bunch of guys with two homers. Guys are mashing the ball, and they're scoring at will. They're getting on base at will. They're fifth in the league in batting average. Their pitching staff has been so goddamn good. They are fourth in Major League Baseball on opponents' batting average. They are 18th in ERA, but I feel like right now with three weeks, three full weeks under our belt, that's not really anything to totally write home about. But nevertheless, they're still been really good. But can they keep it up? Let's talk about the Mariners because they've been really fun, and it's been fun to see them step up into this. I, I'm going to just say this right now. Oakland is, right, is tied with the Astros right now for third place, but I'm not going to give Oakland their flowers just yet because uh, the A's aren't really trying to win, and we talked about it a lot in our AL West preview, and you can check out why. Hint, it, they did not spend a lot of money, if any, on free agents. But the Mariners have been awesome. They've been so much fun. And they are getting it done from a number of different dudes and just really putting together a team that has been, you know, it's been really cool to see this team come together. They obviously have made a couple interesting trades. Eugenio Suarez, one of the bigger moves they made, batting 254, three homers, 10 RBI. But I got to talk about Ty France, who has been... Absolutely incredible. I just gave Mike Trout his flowers. Ty France, step up to the plate. Come on down. 366 in 18 games, five homers, 21 RBI. What? That is just absolutely nuts to see. J.P. Crawford's been really good for them. Good for J.P. Crawford. I have zero hard feelings for him. Gene Score has been great for the Phillies. J.P. Crawford really developing well. And you know what? This team is fun. They're really fun. And they've had guys that are pitching lights out. Logan Gilbert, an ERA of .4. One earned run in 22 innings. It's insane. 22 Ks in 22 innings. That's really fun. Marco Gonzalez. I have him on my fantasy team. He might have an ERA of almost four. 14 Ks in 14 innings. Let's just let's settle down there a little bit. Opponent's batting average of 279. It's not good. But still, a lot of strikeouts. That's fun. Robbie Ray, who comes over there, a little bit of a slower start. 3.91 ERA. Same with Chris Flexen, 3.6. Matt Brash, 4.2. But this team's winning games. This team is winning games. When they need to, and they're not necessarily like the Phillies. They don't need to dig themselves out of holes. They just had a very intriguing series with the Tampa Bay Rays. Probably a, a you know, marker series for them of seeing them when they score, 8-4 win, and then when the bats aren't going and they have the pitching going, you know, they lose 3-2, they lose 2-1. So we'll see. We'll see what they continue to do. But, again... Where are the Angels going to finish? Texas, the experiment has not been good so far. Oakland is going to fall off. We just know that. They go to Miami this weekend, the the Mariners do. Then they go to Houston. And let's talk about the Astros. Because the Astros, I mentioned it, tied for third place at 10-9 and with the Oakland Athletics. Who, again, if you're an A's fan, listen to this. I'm sorry I'm just dogging your team. But you've started the season off really well. You can hang your hats there that you might be in third place in the division ahead of the Astros. Who knows how this weekend's going to go. But you can say that through the first month of the season that you weren't in last. The Rangers have stunk. Plain and simple to say. Their pitching is terrible, as Michael J. Clark and I talked about. But the Rangers' offense has been fun. But the Astros, let's talk about them. They've had an uncharacteristically slow start. Because, and I say that, they're batting 209 as a team. They've only scored 68 runs. That's bottom 10 in both categories. Then pitching-wise, they're in the middle of the road. They're a team that we all kind of thought they could, you know, still, they still have the, you know, a core of guys that were still really good and could do, you know, solid things. Jose Altuve starting the season and, and has been hurt. He was batting 
two or one sixty seven before that. You've guys that are batting around or below the the Mendoza line. They do have this rookie Jeremy Pena who has been very fun to watch, but they've just they haven't. It hasn't all clicked for them, and I don't know. You know, you can't expect them to stay this slow. It's the Astros. It's like the Braves. It's like what I was saying before about the Braves and the and the NL East. It's a team with the pedigree. You can say what you will about the cheating scandal from a couple of years ago. They're a very solid team. You'd figure, you'd figure that their pitching staff will settle down. Justin Verlander, who we had zero idea what we, what to expect out of it, looks like he didn't take a single day off outside of nineteen or outside of twenty and twenty one. Has been great. The rest of that team has been so so. Uh, let's put it that way. Um, Valdez today had a perfect game, I think, through six innings, and then the the Astros completed the sweep of the Rangers. Or no, no, actually, they won three of four. Yahoo, load, <laughs> but still, they won the game three two, and now they play Toronto. It's going to be a really exciting series. Toronto, who we'll talk about when we get to the AL East, has been awesome. Going to Toronto, as Greg has mentioned, has always been tough, and there's obviously all the vaccine stuff, as Sixers fans know very well. Hopefully, you listen to this and game six went well and we don't have to worry about game seven, but that's why I'm recording this at five thirty, six o'clock. But yeah, the, the Astros, you got to figure that, that they figure it out. They, they get it going a little bit and we'll just see where they go. I don't think that this is going to be a continuing topic. If it is, then there might be more serious problems. But again, like not to continue dogging on the Oakland Athletics. The Athletics haven't been or have been good, but they probably aren't going to be very good this year. The Rangers have been terrible. Their pitching is awful. You would expect, even though the Astros only scored 12 runs in, or 14 runs, I keep forgetting this loss, 14 runs in their first couple games or their four games against the, the Rangers, you expect that to pick up. And we'll see. You know, again, they go to Toronto. This is going to be a really fun series. Toronto just came to Houston and it, that was a fun series. It was really cool to see, and Toronto's been really fun to watch. Not to not to spoil that. They did lose two or three to Toronto. I would have probably just said that because of how good Toronto's been and how much fun they are to watch. But again, I wouldn't expect the Astros to. They're above five hundred. I'm acting as if they're eight and eleven, like the Braves. But I I would expect them to jump back into this race. Really, all depends on what the Angels do. I think is the uh, the takeaway of the. American League West. Let's go to the Central. This is going to be quick. The Twins are already three games up in the division. Um, the Twins have been a lot better, I think, than what we necessarily thought. The Chicago White Sox have been abnormally bad. They are 7-11. and They've lost nine of their last 10 games. And they've only scored 58 runs. That's one better than Detroit. Cle- Cleveland stuttered because I didn't want to say the I word, but Cleveland has been good to start. They've lost six straight. They were seven and five. They look like, oh, maybe they're going to, you know, have a good first start of the first half of the year, first month of the year. And now they've started to slip up, but they still have, you know, an above or a positive, not above 500, but a positive run differential. The White Sox though, it's such an interesting takeaway. Liam Hendricks got hurt and he's their closer, which is you know, not totally awesome, but they're still a team that, again, like the Astros, I wouldn't expect this to hold for so long. They've had Michael Kopech, who's been really good, three starts, only one earned run, but zero wins. He has zero decisions. Vince Velasquez has been, you know, the Vinny V we knew. Dallas Keuchel's looked pretty bad. Dylan Cease has looked okay. Four starts, 28 Ks over 22 innings. You know, that's, that's the Dylan Cease that we know and love. Lucas Giolito has been, he's been okay. He has two starts, eight innings, has been a little banged up. So that obviously doesn't help in that regard. Um, but we'll, we're going to have to see, I guess, what this team ends up doing because it's going to be really interesting to to see how this team performs. But again, like the Astros, I can't expect that to be for this to be the norm. But let's talk about Minnesota for a second, then I'm going to keep moving. I don't want this to be too long of an episode, so let me know 
what you think about these solo pods. I'm going to try to get other people on for the weekly updates around the league. I did want to, because obviously I hadn't done a regular season show before I get into Minnesota. I'm just doing some housekeeping notes. I wanted to talk about other teams. I didn't want to spend too much time on the Phillies. So if you wanted to hear more, you want to have me dive into the games a little more, let me know what you thought about that. But I did want to talk about some general Major League Baseball stuff. But the Minnesota Twins, 11-8, and eight, this was a team that I'm not sure we knew what to think. A lot of people, myself included, didn't totally believe in this team. We thought, you know, they traded away Jose Barrios last year. We didn't think that their pitching staff was going to be that great. We didn't know what to think of Dylan Bundy, who has been awesome. Three starts, 15 innings, 12 Ks, .59 ERA. Bailey Ober had a quick exit today after 3.2 innings, I believe. But in the fourth inning, he left the game. But he's been really exciting to see for them. Chris Archer has been pretty good, although he doesn't have a decision in three starts. He's still been fairly solid. You know, they've just built this team, and I didn't even mention Joe Ryan. Four starts, 23, 23 innings, and, 50, and 25 Ks, and an ERA just above one. But this is a team that I think we all slept on, thinking that they, you know, picking up guys that we weren't entirely sure what to think about. And, and granted, Carlos Correa has not looked very good. He's batting 167. But Byron Buxton... He's so much fun to watch, and there's the, the stat that's going around, I believe, that Jeff Passan tweeted it, but when, they're, when he's in the lineup, they have like a 102, yeah, 102 win season pace, and when he's not in the lineup, it's like 79 games or something like that, maybe even lower, and yeah, I mean, he's just electric. He is the core of this team. We have to see him stay healthy but overall Minnesota has been really really fun to watch you know they're in the middle of the pack run score which I think is probably what I would have guessed for this team and I think that's what Fangraphs had them at the beginning of the season but they've they're proven the haters wrong right now and, and you can say what you will the White Sox have been banged up and and you know they played Detroit they swept them but they're playing really really solid baseball they're on a seven game winning streak you can't deny that sort of thing, especially after a slower start. And you know what? Good for them. Good for Minnesota that continue it going. Let's go to the to the NL East, wrap this thing up. The East has been very fun to watch to start this season. I think similar to what a lot of people thought to go into the year. The Yankees lead the division, which I thought they were going to be third, but they've been really fun. They're on a six-game winning streak right now. Toronto, who's been a very fun team. In second place, a half game behind the Yankees. They played one extra. They have one extra loss. Tampa Bay at 11-8. and eight. In third, the Red Sox in fourth at 8-12. and 12. They've played Toronto, it feels like, almost every day to start this season. I know that's not true, but it feels like it. They played them a bunch recently. Then Baltimore, they have six wins. Good for Baltimore. The Yankees, though, have been absolutely mashing the ball. Their pitching staff has been absolutely electric to start the year. And the season started, Yankees, Red Sox, Garrett Cole had a three-run first inning. It seemed like, uh uh-oh, there might be some trouble here. The Red Sox might be for real. Garrett Cole's ERA is still four, so I'm not going to, you know, just give him his flowers. Jordan Montgomery, though, has been awesome. And I can't, can't, can't talk about the, the pitching staff of the Yankees and not talk about Nestor Cortez. 25 strikeouts in 15 innings. That is Absolutely insane. Their bullpen has been really good. I know there's been, you know, some some blown leads, but I would think that gets shored up a little bit and seeing how this team goes. Chapman has been very good for them. I know he walked in a run at one point, but it, he, that was an inherited runner for him. He has four saves, no blown saves, still hasn't let up an earned run of his own. We'll have to see. How this team goes, Toronto, let's talk about them, plus three run differential, which, you know, we thought that might happen. We thought it might be shaky to see what this team could could come out with in this season. 
Barrios hasn't been firing on all cylinders. Kevin Gosman's been solid enough for him. He's been their best pitcher. Uh, Alec Manoa. Actually, maybe Alec Manoa has been, depending on who you talk to, or on what your opinion is. Not even who you talk to, what your opinion is. Gosman has 31 Ks in 24 innings. He has four starts. Manoa's 3-0, ERA of 2, 18 strikeouts over 18 innings. They've both been awesome. Ross Stripling, who's been on the team for a few years. Old Dodger, who has settled into a starter role, but also has come out of the bullpen, and he's done that for the Blue Jays this year. But their offense, their offense right now, for how exciting we thought they were going to be, is right in the middle of the pack of things. They're 12th in baseball and runs scored, 7th in batting average. Vladimir Guerrero Jr. picking up where he left off, five homers to start the season, 13 ribbies. George Springer, four homers. Zach Collins with three. He's tied with Matt Chapman, who's been a very solid pickup, if not for his 217 batting average. But this team, again, are they just getting started? It kind of feels like it. And I know Teoscar Hernandez got hurt. That certainly is a blow to that team because he was batting 316 when he got hurt. And, you know, when he eventually does get healthy, that's just another guy into the lineup. And to see what this team can do will be really fun. Again, they host the Astros. They host the Yankees. Their home field advantage could be a very, very positive thing for them. There's seven and three at home and six and four on the road. And there's all, and there's all the vaccine stuff with playing in Canada. So we will see who can play there, who can't. And if that becomes the ultimate difference maker, again, we talked about this in the AL East preview, but that'll be really exciting to see. Now, I do want to wrap up talking about Tampa, talking about Boston, two teams that have been interesting, to say the least. Tampa at 11 and 8, Boston at 8 and 12. Tampa Bay has been very Tampa Bay-esque. They're 12th in the, in the league in Major League Baseball with 80 runs. Then they're top 10 in a lot of other major categories in baseball. Eighth in batting average, eighth in team ERA, fourth in team whip. This is just a team that I think in the games where they are keeping games low, you know, raised style baseball, they're pulling them out. But then in other games where it needs to be a track meet, it sometimes gets, you know, a little tougher for them. And, and I feel like that's what we're going to see out of the Rays and seeing what this team can do. Don't count them out. And, you know, I know they're only three games back, and I'm talking about if the Yankees and the Blue Jays are running away with this thing, but they're going to be really fun. And on the flip side, you have the Red Sox, who statistically they're 8-12. and 12. They're in the bottom half of most major categories, but a team that, you know, you, you could also make the argument has just played really good competition to start the year. They had to play the Yankees to start to start the season. They played the Blue Jays again, what feels like every other day since then, even though it's just two series against Toronto. Or, oh, wow, it's just the one series. Um, no, it is two series. Sorry. Again, Yahoo, slow to load. But still, you know, they split two or three, or they split a, a four-game set with the, with the Twins. They lose a series in Tampa. They are two and five to start the year against the Blue Jays. But they still, you know, they won a series against Detroit. You kind of expect that out of them. They're beating the teams they're supposed to. The teams they've lost against are all ahead of them in the division. So where they are right now makes sense. We've seen them play really well. Obviously, they, they made the playoffs last year. They were a solid team. And we'll have to see this team continue and what they can potentially do. They play the Orioles this weekend, so they could potentially be right back in the mix of this. Their offense could just catch fire and, and see what's going on there. So, you know, I, I still think, I know Greg had all four teams in the playoffs. I think they're still right there, even, even four games under 500. It'll be really fun to have them in the fold, and especially if it's the Yankees and the Red Sox, both really good, and seeing where they can go from there. You know, they play the Angels, who again, We'll have to see what the Angels continue to do. They play the White Sox, who have been slow to start the year. They play the Braves, who have been slow to start the year. Then they play the Rangers. So it's going to be, you know, they, they could be right back in the mix of this in, you know, in a week or so. So I think the AL East is still the best division in baseball. It's going to be fun to see this whole thing develop. But let me know your thoughts. I've been talking for almost an hour. This has been me rambling, basically. So 
If you don't like my takes, if you like my takes, let me know. Tweet at me, Jordo9. I've talked about it on podcasts before. Tweet at the Thunderblog of that you listen to the episode, retweet all that stuff. If you want to talk to me about my stuff, at Jordo9, I will gladly get in any conversations there. I know I definitely did some really surface-level stuff here. So if you want me to dive in deeper, especially with the Phillies, especially because I want to try to, again, try to make this a weekly thing, talking about the Phillies, talking about what's going on with them and different players. I might try to you know solicit questions and all that kind of stuff. But let me know what you think of this. Obviously, in the future, I want to get somebody else on. I just, this week, again, still getting settled into the house. It was tough. Greg's away. Jake was not available to talk baseball. I wanted to talk the Mets with him. But maybe after the this, this series with the Mets, we are going to be doing a hockey playoffs preview next week. So then I'm going to Nashville. So hopefully we can get a baseball show in next week. Maybe when I get back from Nashville, we can do one then. But let me know what you think. Follow us, ThunderBLG, Jordo9 is me, Thunderblog Sports on Instagram. But that's going to do it for the show. Thank you again for listening. Have a great weekend. And let's go Phils, baby.